Life's a game, the world's a stage, and we are merely roleplayers where theatrical people play role-playing games. I'm Matt Boothman, and I'm your compare for this main house production. Here on Merely Roleplayers, we improvise stories to entertain you, and to entertain ourselves. And we use role-playing games to keep the story going places even we can't see coming, because as theatrical people, we're all about maximising the drama. This episode is part of our current main house production, Vigil All Aboard. To tell this story, we're playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat. So please take your seats in the main house. Tonight's production is about to begin. Vigil, a Merely Roleplayer's main house production. All aboard. Act 5 of 5. I'm Ellen, and I play Jess Butterworth, the spooky. Jess is a Sheridan local born and bred. A voice in the back of her mind keeps telling her she's bigger and better than this town. And what with her big brother disappearing, it's about time Jess showed Sheridan how badly it's underestimated her. I'm Nat, and I play Gwynedd the Divine. Gwyn was once a shield maiden of the triple goddess, the Morrigan. After interfering with one of her schemes by rescuing a mortal man, the Morrigan banished Gwyn to live life as a duck in what became Sherrydown's duck pond. Now released from her curse thousands of years later, Gwyn is trying to forge a new life as part of the local National Trust team, but is finding it difficult to stay under the radar. I'm Chris Buxy, and I play Calisterius Softbinding, the expert. Calisterius is a noted horror writer living in Cherrydale. While researching his latest novel, he discovered that monsters were real. He also discovered that fighting monsters is an excellent way to procrastinate when he really should be writing. I'm Marta, and I play Harper, the searcher. Harper came to England from the United States to escape the shadow world that keeps trying to pull her in. But in spite of her best efforts, weird things just won't leave her alone here either. Endless Night are a bunch of douchebags. They deserve to be stuck in another dimension. It might be where some of my sisters are. One of the doors out of the main atrium is a revolving door. I'm the conductor of the ghost train, you see. It's my bloody brother! The woman down there has got her own kit. His name's Milton. He'll be in the middle of his induction. They want you for their typing pool. Where have you squirreled yourselves away? And she uncrumples and she starts to bound down the corridor towards you all. I'm panicking. Harper is not a fighter. She she did not sign up for this. <laughs> She's like, so what? This ugh, lady that uh, she seemed so nice. What happened? You know what? I don't do magic, so I can do martial arts. So I would like to find a way to ask, fight Ticket Lady. So I need to roll. Yeah. Uh, good God. Oh, if it's a miss, it's going to be terrible. Four. Well, that's a five. <laughs> oh, no. Why? Whenever it's, can you, have you noticed? It's whenever I'm fighting and I really need it. You know what? Let's just go in, all in. Let's just spend a luck. Can I spend a luck? Ooh, you can spend a luck if you like. So much luck being spent today. As Sombra yells out, Boss, Boss incoming. incoming! And you see the busybody unfurl and uncrumple. Sombra is rushing like along the flat walls towards you, calling out, Hey, hey. 
This is messed up. She's made a paper. You know what? Paper burns. Okay. Noted. Uh, guys? Uh, lady is paper. Burn her up. Oh, I can do something with that. And I'm just going to extend my little stick and sort of like monk-style defensive pose, just being like, uh, I hate my life. I, I need to revisit all my choices. <laughs> <laughs> As she sort of lopes along the corridor for, towards you, the busybody says, I see some naughty fair dodgers here. Tickets, but no payment. Penalty fair to all of you. You never asked for any payment. I listened to your whole freaking life story. This is... You're awful. You should have read the terms and conditions on your tickets, dearies. I've got a bloody rail card. (laughs) (laughs) The tickets that she gave you earlier slice and unfold into razor-sharp fronds that slice at each of you. Rude. Ow. Do do I have two of those because of my advance ticket? (laughs) Oh, no. I'm going to not count the advance ticket in this. Okay. (laughs) You each take two harm, ignore armor. What? No. I don't have any armor to ignore. (laughs) I'm already unstable and we've not started the fight (gasps) properly yet. (laughs) These tickets are kind of unfurling and they are physically like slicing at you, giving you paper cuts. But there's also this kind of enchantment uh, factor to it where it's like you are bound by the rules written on the ticket. Penalty fares paid in blood, dearies. Paid in blood. <laughs> the tickets shred themselves once, they've, once they're done cutting you. Grand. Okay. I'm just going to fly at this woman and give her a big thwack with my flaming quarterstaff. Great. Milton has kind of calmly, uh, Jess and Kit can see, Milton has just kind of calmly gone back into the room and is resuming the induction of the Endless Night members. The door starts to swing shut behind him. Okay, I'm going to run after him. Gwyneth, roll plus tough to kick some (sighs) ass. Come on, dice. Okay, Uh, that's a 9, 10, 11, 12. Okay. Nice. See, that's what we need. The wings flap and she sort of flies forwards. Holy fire quarterstaff just goes in for like a, to the head, to the body, just like, bum, 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 bum. As you get in close with the quarterstaff, placing yourself between uh, her and your companions, mm-hmm. her limbs curl round and open out into razor sharp paper claws coming towards you for paper cuts. Yeah. Choose your options. Yeah. So I think I need to survive this fight as long as possible. So I'm going to go for the you suffer less harm. I'm going to use um, I'm going to use the quarterstaff to bat off her attack. So the quarterstaff slams, and there's not much resistance because she is she only has like the substance of paper, mm-hmm. and the staff scorches the paper where it strikes. The paper claws just aren't able to do anything to your armor. Sit down. <laughs> Gwyn's in combat with the busybody. Jess was following uh, Milton into the room. What's everybody else doing, just so that we're aware? Although uh, magic is normally more my comfort zone, I can't help but make the connection between this paper monster attacking us and my uh, newly on fire sword. <laughs> so um, I'm gonna hmm. attack the uh, hmm. attack the busybody. So I'm going to run at the busybody and yell, uh, the, they say the pen is mightier than the sword, let's hope they're wrong, and uh, <laughs> swing my sword at the busybody. Roll plus tough, please. Okay, so this is plus zero, and I have got uh, eight. What does your silver sword do in terms of harm? Uh, so including the, uh, the enchantment, it will be three harm. Whoa. You cleave off a limb. Would you like to take an arm or a leg? <laughs> Ooh, um, uh, let's, let's take an arm, because I think uh, Cal would be sort of, you know, swinging at the first thing that's coming at him rather than, you know, trying to be as tactical and sort of chop off legs. So I'd be like, Ugh! 
the sword slices through slices through the crumpled paper arm and the fire takes hold and the severed limb is burned to ash before it even hits the hits the carpet however you got in close enough to do that the busybody turns to look at you and sort of scolds you let's do what we came here to do eh dearie she opens her mouth and a length of red paper spills out of it a long red spindly papery tongue that curls around you Calisterius, restraining you in place it doesn't feel like it's wrapped around you many times at this point so but it wouldn't be impossible to break but you can already feel the edges digging in and starting paper cuts on your flesh Uh, your arms are pinned to your sides and you're lifted off the ground by this tongue. I'm taking you to the waiting room, dearie. (laughs) 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 The um, paper lady uh, has been attacked with two flaming weapons. I was wondering if there's any, like, like any parts of her are kind of either on fire or, you know, when you start to burn paper, but it doesn't really catch... It's just that slow burny thing. Yeah, parts of her where Gwyn's staff has hit are smouldering, like blackened sooty, some smoke rising off them. Uh, and where Cal took the arm off, there is a small flame uh, still at the shoulder that is kind of slowly creeping towards her chest. Okay, I feel like Harper might try to do the martial art thing of um, air bending. <laughs> so essentially, just. Thanks to Sombra, moving around this creature rather inhumanly quickly and trying to just create a draft that (laughs) will make those uh, flames and whatever is beginning to burn to kind of like pick up speed, sort of like oxygenate the fire. Because that's the only thing. I mean, I can't can't fight. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I really like this. Uh, I like the idea of you like almost kind of like racing into shadows and and out of shadows and like moving in humanly fast because Sombra is allowing you to go places you couldn't before. Let's make this a act under pressure rather than a kick some ass. So roll plus cool. cool. Plus cool. That's uh, what is my plus cool? <laughs> Absolutely zero. <laughs> Grand. Ooh, 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 that's eight. So you can definitely do this. Harper can make this high-speed run around the busybody, creating air currents, whipping up the flames, causing them to lick faster throughout her paper form. But it's going to be exhausting. So either you're going to take one harm straight away, or the next kind of strenuous thing you try and do, you're going to have to act under pressure to do it. Let's go with the latter. Okay. So yeah, you're fine for now, but you feel like teleporting through Sombra over and over. Uh, you and Sombra and the link between you is, is getting exhausted and also just your body is is getting tired from moving at speeds that the human body was not meant to move. Yeah. But you see flame fanned and beginning to properly take hold at the busybody's shoulder, moving towards its chest. Feathers, Professor, we need her dead. And then I'll book it towards Jess. Just get out of the way. I'm working on it. Just gonna keep hitting. But I'm gonna aim for the tongue that's wrapped around uh, Calisterius, to tr- uh, like first. And if that is just paper, and it just got like just keep hitting her as well. Let him go. Kick it some ass. Okay. Uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eleven, twelve. Another twelve. Ha 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 rage. <laughs> So once again, those uh, like the tongue is tied up. She doesn't seem to be able to attack you with that while she's holding Cal with it. Mm-hmm. But as you are in there attacking the tongue, the uh, paper thin claws are raking towards you, attempting to find gaps in your armor, exposed areas. They are coming at you for two harm. You're coming at her with the staff. What extra option would you like on kick some ass? I, I want her down. I might inflict terrible harm. I might ha, or harm instead. For harm. Okay. You break through the tongue. You feel the the slice of paper cuts up one of your exposed forearms uh, and Mm -hmm. feel blood begin to run down that arm. (sighs) But where the tongue is severed, 
the flame from the staff fanned by Harper's run takes hold of her bulbous, uncrumpled, paper bag-like head. Mm-hmm. One end of the quarterstaff slams through the, the tongue. Uh, the other one um, sort of swings around and comes and takes out one of the legs so she starts to get unstable. And then a third hit uh, from the other end of the quarterstaff just plunges straight through the centre of her. And then as a paper woman is turning into sort of ashes from all the fire, like the remnants of it are left on the end of the quarterstaff and Gwyn just kind of swirls it and flicks her off and she just sort of dissipates into the air. There'll be more where I came from, dearies. Hmm. Not if we have our way. Cal, get moving. Oh, thanks, Gwen. You're, you've always been my favourite. Uh, but don't tell <laughs> Melody that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I quickly hurry after Jess. <laughs> Jess, Tom, Kit, yeah. Harper and Cal all burst into the room where the Endless Night are being inducted. Jess, you see Milton not quite turn to you, but just like glance at you out of the corner of one eye and go, ugh, can't get the staff these days, not even when you make them yourself. Jess is full of completely like impulsive rage at this point because she's been misled and she can't get her brother to understand her. So she is going to grab him and not physically, but like swing all of her attention round to Kit and say to Tom, look, Tom, if you can't remember, I'm going to remember for you. Kit, look, you have, you've lied to me. You've manipulated me. You've put me and my friends in danger. Now you're going to bloody help me. Okay. My, my plan, (laughs) my plan is like, Tom had this journal, right? That I found. And it's what helped me realize that he was part of uh, Doom and he had all of the mnemonics and everything written down and I've been learning them so that I can remember all of the weird stuff that happens. Now, if these people are being controlled by Milton, by this woman with his telepathic powers, then can I use Kit, if Kit will let me, to counteract it with the mnemonics and play the mnemonics using telepathy into their brains to help them remember who they are. You absolutely can try to do that, yes. Okay, you can try to do that. Thank you for <laughs> I think this is probably a, a, a form of use magic. Okay. So it's going to be a plus weird. I've got two weird. <laughs> Come on. Which means that the effect is going to be somewhat temporary like however good the role mm-hmm. is, because the basic assumption of use magic is that the effect will last about half an hour, but that might be enough. Okay. Uh, I'm going to shout over my shoulder to everybody. Guys, I'm going to try something. And I'm rolling. And it's a 11. <gasps> oh, yeah. It's a freaking 11. It works without a hitch. Mate, you only had to ask. It'll hurt him. So... Obviously, Obviously, I'm down, I'm down for, it. for it. Kit reaches out a hand, like palm towards you, for a, a soft high five and a like palm to palm touch. I reach out, and so you begin to recite these mnemonics that Department of Emissions Doom agents use to ward off forgetting, to ward off the emission effect, and you see Kit begin to murmur them in unison with you. In fact, all of you, because this is kind of an indiscriminate effect, all of you start to hear these these mantras being repeated in your minds uh, in a kind of a medley of Kit's and Jess's voices. Milton gives you both his full attention, says, what are you doing? Stop that. And you can see that the Endless Night members are fidgeting in their chairs and Charlie Barlow pulls his hood off. Where are we? If everyone else is chanting, I'm going to pull away slightly from it and go, Charlie, Charlie, just grab everyone and get out of here. Charlie is clearly very confused and scared, but starts to do as best he can what you're asking him to, just pulling hoods off people. 
Milton reaches out to you, Jess. You can feel images starting to pour into your head, but that insulation that Gwyneth gave you earlier, together with Kit sort of working in concert with you, diffuses it. So you're sort of seeing a parade of images that he's projecting into your head, but it's not having an injurious effect on you. Go down. Stop. Stop what you're doing. Clarissa. Clarissa, get in here. I'm having trouble. Oh, I think I'm going to double down and put all of my uh, misgivings about Kit out of my head and what ter- was a palm to palm turns into like a, a linked fingers fist and I like pull his strength as much as I can. Tom takes your other hand. Aww. You can kind of glance at him and... There is still not full recognition, but there is full trust in his expression. (laughs) There doesn't seem to be anything he feels like he can really do to help, but he's giving you this look of like, whatever this is, I'm with you on this. I'm holding them. I'm holding them. I don't know how much longer I can do it for, but can you help me? Calisterius has come up with a plan that he thinks is a good plan, but uh, (laughs) it might not actually be a good plan. So it's been a bit of a rough day for Cal. You know, he's not normally on the front line. He's normally safely at the back. He's taken a bit of a beating. But uh, he's actually, you know, first time he used his sword in anger that he's had for so long. And he's enjoyed the magic effect on it. And he starts to think, wouldn't it be useful if I had some sort of spirit bound into this sword? (laughs) Just to sort of enhance my combat potential even more when... Um, you know, in, in any future sort of fights we get into. So, you know, Cal's lost a bit of blood. He's he's not super thinking clearly, but he's decided it's probably a good idea to try a bit of magic and to try and bind Milton into his sword. Amazing. As before, it'll be temporary if it works at all, but this is a big move and I love it. Let's give it the roll. Okay. So plus weird and seven. So it works, but there's a glitch. What glitch would you like? Uh, I think the effect is uh, of short duration. Jess, you're still seeing Milton like reaching out and trying to psychically attack you, liquefy your mind with these terrible images. When the silver sword emerges through Milton, as Cal, who didn't manage to point successfully at Kit before, this time nails it dead on, gets the sword exactly through where Milton is, even though he can't see him. And Milton just, there is this expression of disgust on his face, like, oh, I can't believe I've been interrupted in the middle of this. And he spirals and is sucked into the blade. Nice. Cal looks really smug. <laughs> yes, another success for Calisterius soft finding. And then I sort of get an inkling that uh, actually maybe this didn't quite go as I planned. And I could already feel sort of Milton sort of. Uh, straining against the sort of the spells that have bound him into this sword you can feel the blade physically vibrating with his attempts to break out i don't think we've got long um i wanted this to be permanent i really don't think it's gonna be anywhere near permanent let's get the hell out of here yeah time to go guys Alright lovies, it's me, Matt, your compare. While the rest of the cast are getting ready for the thrilling conclusion to Vigil All Aboard, why don't we take a quick look through the programme? Several of our cast were recently on a Twitch stream uh, run by What Am I Rolling, who you'll have heard promoed on here before, uh, including Nat, who you're hearing in Vigil All Aboard as our divine, Gwyneth, Nat was joined by Helen and Strat from Merely Roleplayers and by Fiona, the regular GM of What Am I Rolling on Twitch for a game of The Between, where they play uh, Victorian London monster hunters rather than monster hunters in Middle England. Can't get away from being monster hunters, apparently. And the game was GM'd, excitingly, by its designer, Jason Cordova. They played two sessions, live-streamed, and if you missed them when they were live, you can watch them back currently on the What Am I Rolling Twitch channel, which I have linked in the programme notes, 
and they should soon be up on the What Am I Rolling podcast and YouTube channel as well, if you'd rather catch up there. If you want more Merely Role Players people on screen as opposed to just audio only, The Feed Series 2 continues on our Instagram, which is at Merely Role Players. This is our actual play of Unreal, the game of contestants in a haunted Big Brother house by Black Armada Games, featuring me and Alex and a host of guest performers, including Fiona from What Am I Rolling, again, fast becoming a firm friend of the show. Right now, the housemates are settling in to the Big Brother house, but there are, there are already hints coming through of something not quite right. As I mentioned, this is the finale of Vigil All Aboard, our current main house production. That means next week's episode is going to be a backstage after-show discussion with the players, where we'll go through the standard Monster of the Week post-show admin and XP generation uh, and discuss what went on and what its implications are for the world of Vigil. And then the week after that, we are moving into a studio production. This is where we do one-off productions in different genres, using different games, experimenting with different ways of storytelling. For our upcoming studio production, uh, we will be playing the game Fate, published by Evil Hat Productions. I'll be joined by Vicky, Ellie, Alex and Helen for a production we're calling Falling Cadence. The genre is, I would call, soft-boiled noir, and it involves Vicky playing the role she was absolutely born to play, a private investigator. Finally, while I go call beginners for this next scene, I've mentioned What Am I Rolling a few times, and you might be wondering, if you haven't heard the promos before, what on earth is that all about? So here comes a trailer where Fiona can explain what her show is in her own words. Hey, listen. Do you want to find out more about tabletop and live role-playing games, but not too sure where to start? Do you want to play a lot of different role-playing systems, but don't have time to try them all? Do you want to listen to new and exciting adventures, but without the long, boring character creation episodes or filler story arcs? Well, you're in luck. Check out What Am I Rolling, a twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast. Available on the website, that's www.wairpodcast.com, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, adventures need not apply. Now, please take your seats once again in the main house. Vigil, all aboard, Act 5 is about to conclude. Gwyn has been like in the corridor just checking that there weren't any other busybodies or anything turning up and then has been like, right, okay, I think we're safe. Run to catch up with the rest of them in the room in time to see Cal capture Milton into the sword. Just looking in the room, obviously there's people shaking out, taking robes off. Is there any windows in that room? There are windows overlooking the atrium and you've actually come down a floor or two, so you're a bit closer to the floor of the atrium through these windows now. So we'll sort of scoot past everyone that's heading towards the door and head to the window to have a look to see if that's had any effect on the people that are on the floor at all. Yeah, it's chaos in there. People are up oh on their feet. Some of them have got their hoods off. A lot of them don't seem to be able to like get up. Like They seem too old, like they've been at these desks for too long. They've almost kind of grown into them. But people, like desks have fallen over as people have kind of stood up suddenly. Paper is flying everywhere. And the woman on the podium is on her feet, fists on her hips, just yelling at the crowd of typists. I think seeing this this chaos, Gwyn is just going to... She kind of takes a step back from it. And again, like wings unfurl and she just teleport like torpedo teleports through the glass everything shatters every window overlooking the entire atrium shatters glass rains down from every floor 
And I think as she's torpedoing, she appears right in front of this woman, this Clarissa. Let them go! And then uh, I'm just going to hit her. Do it. Ah. Roll kick some ass. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's, uh, that's a seven on the dice. Eight, nine, ten. As you land, you've taken her completely by surprise. She didn't mm-hmm. seem to be aware that anybody could attack her from where you've attacked her from. She seems very distracted by trying to quell all of her typing pool. But she still has like an instinctive presence of mind as you land there and swing your staff and say this to her, she raises both hands, crosses her wrists above her head, and reams of this paper that is uh, everywhere shreds itself and forms uh, a flurrying barrier around her of flying, razor-sharp, paper-cutting slices of paper. Pick your extra option from Kick Some Ass. I would like to turn around having seen that everyone has sort of woken up out of their reverie shout to i don't know how many sisters i have down there but i'm going to shout to them get them all out of here there's a way out up there and i would like to give them one forward (gasps) this swirling cloud of paper rises up between you and clarissa the quarterstaff sweeps through it you do feel some resistance it absorbs mm. some of the blow just with this kind of wind and flurry around around her but you feel the tip of the quarterstaff slam home uh, so you feel it connect with the side of her head but the paper slices at you as it flurries through the air Uh-oh. and you're blasted backwards off the podium those of you in the still in the office see this like various typewriters and typewriter keys and bits of paper and desks and chairs fly up as Gwyn slams into the ground of the atrium. Unconscious. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so Harper's really quickly going to run to Tom. Hey, Tom, hi. Are you the conductor again? Do you? How do we make you the conductor? Old conductor's dead. We need you on that train. She was never the conductor. She was just some paper thing with instructions written on it. Fantastic! Her. I'm Great. the Don't conductor care. of the ghost train. Are you now the conductor of the ghost train? I've always been the conductor of the ghost train. Fab. We need you to go and get that train ready to get the hell out of here. Can you do that? As long as you're all coming with me. Sure. Okay. Jez, um, Calisterius, uh, you guys stay here. Uh, make sure you're helping Tom with the sword situation. I'm going to go jump down there, help Gwen's sisters get as many people to the platforms as possible, and I'm going to try and get Gwen out of here a different way. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Cool. Cool. Okay. So I jump out the window. Jess, Cal, what are you doing? Well, uh, enacting that plan, I think, following Tom back to the train, I've got the sword out in front of me at sort of <laughs> arm's length. <laughs> as it, it's really going for it now, really vibrating fast. It really is. Right, great. So you two and uh, the Endless Night members, uh, who all seem fully compostmentous now, all follow Tom as he winds back through the corridors and stairwells back to the train platform. Harper, you land with a splash from this water that is leaking down through the uh, through the ceiling. It's chaos, but slightly more ordered chaos now. The woman up on the top of the podium is still surrounded by this defensive wall of flying pieces of paper, and two women wearing uh, similar breastplates to Gwyn seem to have taken charge and are helping to shepherd some of the other people, like pulling hoods off, assessing who they can move, who can move under their own speed, who can't. Now that their hoods are off and they're up, these two women in the shield maiden breastplates, they keep flickering and fluttering between a humanoid form and a crow. So one will sort of turn into a crow, hover in the air for a moment, flapping, and then with a seeming effort, back into a humanoid form. Right. Is anybody either actively engaging the paper lady or is she just, or is she moving towards anyone in particular? 
she seems to just be staying on top of the podium in her defensive paper bubble, at least for the moment. For the moment. Okay, so I'm going to go to uh, Gwyn. And I know it takes a while, but, you know, I don't know if we have 15 minutes. At least I'm going to try. I'm going to do some um, first aid. Is that a thing? Yeah, you would have to be here for a little while. If you're worried about Clarissa breaking out of her barrier or Milton breaking out of the sword, you don't have time for first aid. We don't have time for that. Okay. What Harper would like to do is grab Gwyn. The thing is, she's much probably much heavier than me, so it's going to probably be an, an act under pressure sort of situation. And literally, Shad, I, you said the windows all broke, so I'm guessing this place is flooded in light? No, because all of the windows were just looking into offices. Ah, so not the not the ceiling window or anything. You can see light coming down from the ceiling, but you can't actually see a physical ceiling. It's like it just becomes kind of diffuse up there. Interesting. Well, I'm going to shout at the Morrigan women, at the Crow ladies, and just kind of relay what the whole, what's going on, basically. Interdimensional train, waiting on the platform, get everyone there and do it quick. And then grab Gwyn and try and get us to the revolving door. One of the shield maidens, the one who's humanoid right now, responds, understood, but we won't get everybody out before they reassert control. Look, just do what you can. She nods at you. Hey. Sombra is back, kind of attached to you again, uh, hazy in the, in the wet floor. Mm. Their form kind of pools under you and under Gwyn, and there is kind of a questioning attitude in them. Uh, room for one more, maybe, boss? If you can't carry her alone. Okay. It's only over to the door, right? Yeah, we just need to get to that revolving door and pray to any gods, deities, or whatever gives a shit about us right now that we can get to the shadow and out of this place. Just focus on her, and I'll, I'll, I'll be with you. I'll be right behind. So she'll just, like, I'll run normally and have Sombra carry Gwyn. I did say that the next strenuous thing you did would have to be yep. an act under pressure roll. So yes. roll plus yes, cool. Yes, you did. <laughs> As Gwyn just sinks into the shadow, that is Sombra and disappears. And Sombra detaches from Harper and moves across the floor at great speed towards the revolving door. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, that's not, <laughs> it's not amazing. It's an eight again. That's fine. That means you do it. It's just that yeah. there's a cost. Yeah. Because you're exhausted from the previous whirlwind move, Sombra gets Gwyn to the revolving door, no problem. You are still running each step splashing through the atrium when Clarissa bursts the paper barrier around her, sending out small, sharp pieces of paper slicing in all directions around her and several of them slice across you as you're running uh, you know your back the backs of yep. your arms and legs as you're running away from her for mm. three harm <sighs> oh yikes okay so i'm unstable but alive Eesh. ow 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 bitch you will pay for this all of you as you make it into the revolving door and it starts to spin I want to have like a fun, intelligent quip, but frankly, I'm too hurt and too tired to even try. <laughs> it's going to be like, let's just go. I'm so done with today. <laughs> you push into the revolving door, possibly for the first time, hoping that it will take you to another place. Mm. And instead of coming out of the other side, the revolving door keeps revolving and the colour leeches away, all whatever little sickly colour there was in that place leeches away until the world is purely black and white. And we're not talking grayscale here, we're talking deepest black with just enough pure white highlights to give things definition. Ah, uh, home sweet home. The revolving door gives out into the lobby of the apartment building where... Harper's shadow persona has her detective office. A familiar, not exactly welcome, but at least familiar surrounding. 
there is a receptionist behind the reception desk. Ah, uh, hey, Seamus. Looks like uh, you're going to need me to call the sawbones, right? If you wouldn't mind. Another tough case? It, isn't it ever? Did you get him? I... Sure, yeah, mm, cut, mm, mostly. Enough. Enough. Oh, God, I need a drink. Back at the depot, Cal, Jess, Tom, and the Endless Night members make it to the ghost train platform. Uh, you can hear the footsteps of those that the Shield Maidens have been able to free coming behind you. The ghost train is still there. The doors are wide open. It looks welcoming. Tom boards first, swinging up into one of the carriages, sort of hanging out of the train and yelling, All aboard! As I'm running, I'm going to turn to Kit and go, Where are the others? Uh, uh, I don't feel them. I don't have any sense of them here. What do you mean? Are they okay? I don't know. All I know is they're gone. Kit says the other two are gone. I hope that's God escaped as opposed to God dead. Uh, can you ask Kit, is it all right to let Milton out now? Are we ready to go? Yeah, let him out. Let him out and I'll kick his ass. He seems fairly confident. <laughs> <laughs> so Cal holds on to this crazily vibrating sword as long as he can until sort of everyone's, you know, as many people as possible are on the train. And then he sort of steps into the train and sort of shakes the sword like he's trying to, you know, shake something off it. And you can see the uh, like an um, umbrella, blue fire. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like he's trying to get rain off an umbrella. The sort of uh, drops of the blue fire, the enchantment he put on earlier, they're coming off. And then out comes Milton in a sort of very undignified sort of flick that goes sort of sailing across the platform. Yeah, and he's outlined in that blue flame. So all of you like. Uh, still only Jess and Kit can actually see like the form of him, but all of you can see the outline in blue flame hitting the deck of the train platform and, and bouncing once or twice, very undignified. Jess, are you on board? I was hanging fire to make sure that we weren't leaving anybody behind. And yeah, I'm getting on. Kit is standing on the platform right where you were, just standing over Milton. Milton sort of picks himself up a little bit, like still on the ground, but a bit more collected. And they look at each other and you feel like centuries of animosity passing between them. Kit looks at him and Kit looks at you, Jess. And I'm going to very quietly and intensely just say, Kit, get on the train. This isn't over. over. All aboard! All of the doors slam shut and Kit disappears from the platform and reappears on one of the train benches, arms folded, sulking, as the train pulls away from the platform. Harper is going to do what she does after every weird thing that happens to her life. She's just going to sit in her office. There's this massive wall. Just think uh, conspiracy theory times a million. Just strings, paper. She's furiously writing everything that happened down, every detail that she can recall. She's drawing her best recollection of the the space that they were just in, that, that maze, the building, sort of jutting down names of the Milton and the creatures and the paper people, etc. And as she's doing all this, I imagine with Sombra kind of sort of perched next to her in a more, maybe even more corporeal form that she, they would usually have in, in our world. Sombra absolutely has a bit more of a 3D feel to, it, to yeah. them in this place. Like a shadow person. Something that is not really visible ever is that Harper's body is covered in memento-like tattoos and scribblings and writing and stuff. And as she, she's doing this whole thing, one new tiny drawing of like a origami ticket lady monster sort of shows up right on, on a little corner of her forearm with little like plumes of um, smoke coming out of it. She's like, well, yeah, that's, uh, that's another one for the bank. 
Okay. Well, I guess we have a little more information on where to go now, which is useful. And just sort of ominously sits there and, and looks at Wynne and ruminates. As the train is sort of heading back to our own uh, little part of reality, I'm going to go and um, seek out Charlie Barlow amongst all the other sort of passengers, all the people that we've rescued, and just sort of sit down next to him. Uh, how are you doing, Charlie? How are you holding up? Oh, uh, uh, still sort of processing what's happened. Um, relieved, I think, is the dominant thing right now. Mostly just relieved. I think we're all a little relieved to get out of there. Um, I just had a quick question for you. I'm sure all this will make a lot more sense in the morning, but I just wanted to ask you this now. So when we sort of when we found you, uh, it looked like you were sort of being inducted into something, being shown how to do something. Uh, can you remember what that was? It were it were mostly once we got off train, we were sort of chased off at platform through all these corridors until 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 we ended up in that room and it all happened mm -hmm. very fast but there was a sort of speech there was this voice in all of our heads that said we were going we were going to it said we were lucky and that we were going to be doing something good to help and protect our friends back home from having to experience scary bad things I see well that sounds like a, a worthy cause though I wonder what their definition of good was compared to ours um, I suppose just one, one last question then I'll leave you in peace uh, whose idea was it to actually do this ritual where did you get the idea Oh, I don't know if uh, if you're aware. There's this uh, there's this thing that some of the some of the people in town do called the uh, the endless night. Um, yes, I've heard of them. Oh, oh, you have. Okay, so it's, <laughs> they uh, they get like um, a, a thing comes in post every month uh, with instructions, and 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 you try it, and apparently sometimes it doesn't work. But uh, this time, whoa, did it? Did it ever? I don't know. I don't know who who signed up in the in first place. So it's not like there were uh, one person whose idea it were. It were just the box came and uh, and we did what it said. All good ideas have got to come from somewhere, and if they don't come from me, then who are they coming from? Okay, thanks, Charlie. That's really helpful. I'll leave you alone now. Can I have a small one with Tom? I'm going to go and find him where he's probably up front somewhere and just kind of present myself to him. I'm unsure how how much of that kind of remembering is still with him, whether he actually ever does, ever knew who I was really. I just look him in the eye. Have you been here this whole time, Tom? I'm still piecing it together from this thank you for this and he holds up the journal yes it looks like this is where I've been since I or Thomas left you we've missed you so much I'm sorry for that I really am can you come home now I don't know if that's the best idea Thank you again for this. It's shedding some light on some things. I think I decided to be this, the conductor. And to be this, I had to not be what I was before anymore. So but who I was before must have thought it was worth it. Can you not be Tom again? I don't know if I can be both. Maybe I could be him again, but I wouldn't be this anymore. And I I think this might be needed. You saw what happened when I wasn't this. Jess gets it and she understands, but it's not what she wanted to hear. 
so she kind of grits her teeth and says, fine, but can I tell something to mum and dad? Something so they know that you're not dead somewhere. Tell them I'm doing important work that I believe in. She's going to, like, look at him and, like, smack him in the arm. <laughs> For... All right. All right, Tom, I'll do my best. Look, you and your friends, for uh, helping me get out and, and saving so many of these lot as well, you ride the ghost train for free. I'll tell you that much. I have that oh, brilliant. Power. Thank you very much, Tom. The least you could do. You know, only a year of wondering where the hell you are and, oh, I get a free ticket on a ghost train. Brilliant. You missed my birthday, you know. This has been Vigil, a main house production from Nearly Roll Players. It stars Natalie Winter as Gwyneth, Marta da Silva as Harper, Ellen Gould as Jess Butterworth, and Chris Buxey as Calisteria Softbinding. I'm Matt Bootman, and I play the supporting cast. Editing and sound design by me, and the theme music is by Alexander Pankhurst. We were playing Monster of the Week, a role-playing game by Michael Sands, published by Evil Hat Productions. You can find Monster of the Week at genericgames.co.nz. Merely Role Players is a Foggy Outline production in association with Blackshaw Theatre Company. Until next time, if drama be the food of life, play on. I mean, I'm assuming I can smash the glass. I'm assuming it's not like safety glass. Bulletproof. Hilarious. I wouldn't punk you like that. Tell us what it looks like as you smash all these windows out.